Welcome to Value Added, the real estate podcast where we speak with the brightest minds in the world of real estate who provide, create, and realize value in an ever-changing market. If you're a real estate professional delivering value to your clients, an investor creating value not seen by others, or a busy professional who passively invests in real estate to grow the value of their hard-earned dollar, then you're in the right place. And now your host, Nick Walters. Hey gang, welcome to another episode of Value Added, the real estate podcast. I'm excited about this week's guest. His name is Greg Dickerson. Greg is the founder of Dickerson International. Greg is a serial entrepreneur, real estate developer, coach, and mentor. He has bought, developed, and sold over $250 million worth of real estate. He's built and renovated hundreds of custom homes and commercial buildings, developed residential and mixed-use subdivisions, and started 12 different companies from the ground up. Greg currently coaches and mentors entrepreneurs, real estate investors, and real estate developers all across the country, helping them grow and scale their businesses raise more capital and do bigger deals. Greg's current clients have over $2 billion in assets under management. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Greg Dickerson, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me here today, Nick. Tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got started in real estate and things you're doing today. Yeah, so you know, I'm just a regular guy, uh, joined the Navy right out of high school. Um, and uh, did retail in the Navy after the Navy. Um, I worked in restaurants and construction. I would do restaurants, uh, you know, in the evenings. I had a construction business on the side during the day and worked in construction, um, you know, for people and had my own little business along the way. Did that for a number of years until 1997 and uh, moved to the Outer Banks of North Carolina and uh, started a little remodeling handyman company. Built that into a $30 million company in about seven years, starting from scratch with nothing, no money, no, no credit, no anything and uh, started 12 other companies along the way during that period, built them all up, sold them all off. And I've been a real estate developer, investor, uh, equity capital guy ever since. The businesses that you've bought and sold during that stretch before you really took a dive into real estate, who guided you through that process of getting to the decision of selling it at the best time possible? Yeah, nobody, just, just me and you know, I was a natural born entrepreneur. So, you know, starting something out of nothing is kind of ingrained in me since I was a little kid knocking on doors looking for work. Um, but I did get some formal business training along the way. Well, not formal, but, you know, some in the Navy, I took some classes, accounting business classes, because I was in retail. Um, after the military, I worked for uh, Lone Star Steakhouses, uh, big corporation, restaurant corporation, uh, got some really great training from them. So I read a lot of books. So even though I didn't get a formal education, I'm very self educated. So I, I studied the best in the business. So everybody from every industry, I've read all their books. I've read all kinds of business books, you know, professional, personal development. So learning through case studies and examples, almost my own personal MBA is kind of what I created. And then I was doing a lot of deals, working for, working with a lot of other successful uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives that were building multi-million dollar beach houses in my area. You know, real estate developers and investors, they were coming down to my area, investing in, in real estate, doing things. So I was learning from them. I've always been a seeker of wisdom. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't, you know, books, courses, seminars, stuff like that, 
than I was talking to people and learning from them by doing deals for them and with them. So by the wisdom that I gathered over the years, I just, you know, I mean, it's, it's really no different than real estate, you know, it's highest and best value. So a company is worth what it's worth at a certain given time based on its EBITDA. So you want to maximize that. And, you know, it's better to, the most important thing to know in business or real estate is the top. Everybody wants to call the bottom, man. You, the most important thing to know is the top because we all have to exit. We all liquidate sooner or later. Ain't nobody getting out of here alive. Right. So we know that now more than ever. So when you build a business, just like when you do a real estate deal, you always got to keep the end in mind and the end is an exit one way or the other. So the responsibility and the opportunity for an entrepreneur is to know when that exit is, is the best time to exit. So it was just knowing the right conditions and each business was different, and, you know, knowing some were more long-term than others, some were built up with somebody and I sold it to them. So different scenarios, but mainly maximizing the opportunity and selling at the best time possible. Regarding your real estate career, I think you've been deep in your real estate career for 20 or so years. Um, run us through how your real estate business has evolved over that time. Yeah, so it started, you know, like I said, I was a remodeling handyman uh, contractor. I built that into a building company. My first real estate deal, you know, I'd owned a couple of houses, but not as a business, just living in them. So I didn't really know real estate was a thing. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And what I got out of that book was build businesses that generate cash flow to invest in other assets like other companies in real estate. So I started educating myself on real estate investing and developing. I was working with um, realtors in my area and one of them, you know, had a lot. He said, look, you know, uh, you put up the money, we can buy this lot. And then my dad's got a, you know, a buyer client and buy it from us, you know, 30 days later, and we'll make 30 grand. And I'm like, you can do that. And he said, yeah. So he said, I'll take care of everything. You just put up the money. So we did bought the lot and I maybe bought it for hundred grand, sold it to his dad's client for 130, like 30 days later, the market was rapidly escalating. We split 15 grand and then, you know, that was my first deal. And, you know, I was kind of like looking around, you know, is this real? Can you do this? I mean, I didn't even know, right? I'm like, I don't even know how old I was, 29, maybe 30 at the time and never done a real estate flip deal like that ever. So uh, once the light bulb went off, you know, then I started building some spec houses. Then I started, you know, developing property, got my real estate license so that I could, you know, save on some commissions and things like that. But one of the coolest things for me was being a builder. Um, was that people were coming down wanting to do things. So what I would do is I would tie land up and I would flip the land to the investor and then build the house for them. And they had to build with me to get the land. So I went around and I took all of my available cash and the assets that I was tying up was land at that time, which was extremely valuable. There was very little of it on the market. Inventory levels were low. So I'd go into these subdivisions, just buy up finished lots, or I'd buy a chunk of land and develop it, or I'd buy a hotel and tear it down and build you know, uh, sell the lots and build people houses. So that was a good little niche that made a lot of money, um, you know, pre-2009 because everything was loan to value back then, not loan to cost. So everything was worth more from a development standpoint, you know, about 20 or 30% more than it was at acquisition. Uh, so that was a lot of fun and it was really easy. So I made a little niche out of that for a while. And then I started, you know, uh, I would build a building for somebody and then the light bulb went off there and said, wait a minute, I need to be the guy I'm building for. Just like in the residential, I wanted to be the guy I was doing the work for. And I would ask my clients, I'm like, look, I want to do what you're doing. How, do, how does this work? Because I really didn't know. How do you buy a house, renovate it, and sell it? I mean, I just didn't know how to do that. So um, I learned finance. I learned how to, you know, structure deals and all that. Learned how to identify value. And then I transferred that into the commercial world when I, you know, was building commercial buildings for people. Um, I just started building my own. And then I started developing, developing uh, my own subdivisions of properties and things like that. So it was just kind of one thing to another. 
and I like to do different things. I like to stay busy and, and just taking action on opportunities when they arose. You're based in Charlottesville, Virginia. Tell me a little bit about the markets that you have been involved in or are involved in now. So I was on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which is a little coastal region off the coast of North Carolina where the brothers took off, where flight originated. So originally from Virginia Beach, but my dad was military. So like I told you before the show, um, so I was born in Virginia Beach, lived in your preschool years. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, fifth grade to 11th grade, back to Virginia Beach my senior year. I got out, joined the Navy. I was in California while I was stationed in the Navy for four years. Then when I got out, went back to Virginia Beach, then North Carolina. So anyways, um, my career was developed on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, uh, a, a resort summer vacation place, short-term vacation rentals but multi-million dollar type houses is what I specialized in. And, um, and my relationships were all developed with people that were coming down there doing deals. And that was primarily Northern Virginia. So our biggest renter demographics were coming from Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and some property owners, but the biggest bulk of the property owners and people doing the investing were coming from Northern Virginia. So that would be the Maryland DC area, Richmond, Virginia, which is what we call Outer Banks West, you know, because uh, there's so many people from Richmond going down there. And then the Hampton Roads area, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, you know, those areas. A lot of investors and property owners from there because it's only an hour and a half. And when I lived in Virginia Beach, we always went to the Outer Banks. That was our beach. Uh, we didn't go to the beach of Virginia Beach. So, and I'm a surfer and that's the best surf on the East Coast. So, you know, I was down there every weekend surfing until I moved there. And that's why we moved there. I moved there to be a surfer and, you know, hang out. And I was going to open restaurants and ended up getting into real estate instead. So let's talk about your coaching and, and mentorship work. You're, you're pretty well known out there in the real estate world as one of the go-to coaches and mentors. I want to hear in your own words, what are the differences between being a coach and being a mentor? Yeah, so, you know, coaching is more of a structured, you know, step-by-step -step kind of process where you have a certain set of tasks that you have to complete, and then you check in with your coach after a certain amount of time. And then there's some accountability and, you know, things like that. So similar to sports, you know, coach is going to teach you how to throw better or they're going to teach you how to, you know, catch the ball better. Or they're going to teach you how to run a play, you know, something like that. You know, coaches, there are more directing coaching, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas mentorship is more of a relational type of thing where you get more into everything. You get into life, you get into finances, you get into investments, you get into, you know, everything else. So I might coach you in your business in terms of how to grow and scale your business. And then you're going to need some mentorship on, well, what do you do with those profits and how do you best position those things? So when it comes to the, I guess the best way to look at it is coaching is technical, where mentorship is relational and it's more global in scale of your overall uh, emphasis. And it's a lifelong thing. So the people I mentor that I've mentored in my businesses and that I mentor now, it's a lifelong thing. We stay in touch over the long haul and uh, it's, it's a lifelong relationship. So it's a much more intimate level than coaching. How long have you been focused on coaching and mentoring your students? How long has that business kind of been around? So as a business, you know, just the last couple of years, but I've been a coach and a mentor in my entire career. So every business that I've ever been involved with or owned, I coached and mentored, you know, my partners, my employees, you know, my investors, my clients. I mean, you know, we are leaders, right? So we, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you're a leader, you're a dele leader, delegator, motivator. So it's your job to give everybody in the organization everything they need, tools, training systems, and support to be successful, clear direction and no uncertain terms exactly what's expected and when, then you hold that accountable to the goal, measure, redirect, and you know get after it again. You're a sports guy, so same thing that a coach does on the field. You gotta measure that, man. You gotta measure those stats and you know hold them accountable to what your goal is and then make sure everybody's taking the right actions along the way. So 
Um, you know, for me, it's what I've always done. Uh, I get more of a kick out of building people and watching people grow and flourish and watching the light bulbs go off in people than I do anything else because I experienced it. You know, I went through it starting from nothing, with nothing, no connections, no mentors, no nothing, built it all up along the way, learned from people as I went along. <clears throat> and I remember the times of my life where I've always known that I don't know what I don't know and all I know is what I know. And I've always been a seeker of wisdom. And then there's periods in your life where the light bulb goes off and you're like, ah, you know, it's like, man, if I'd only known this, you know, five years ago. So those moments are just precious in your life. And that's what I love more than anything else. When I'm working with somebody, they just don't know what they don't know. And when we have, you know, one conversation, and that's the, that's the thing that's really cool with all the different experiences I've had over the years, everybody I work with, I have one conversation with them. And it's usually the initial one where they get their entire value of their investment in that one conversation, the light bulb goes off and they're just like, man, I, I just didn't even know this was possible. And then they're off to the races, you know, and every single one of them, there's two things I hear from every client every single time. And it's usually right away. Number one, I wish I'd have met you three years ago, five years ago. Number two, one conversation changed the entire trajectory of my life and my business. That to me is more rewarding and fulfilling than any business deal I've ever done. Any business deal I'm ever going to do. Those are fun. You know, and I get a kick out of that too, but watching people grow, find their, uh, you know, God-given talents they didn't even know they had and unlock that potential that, you know, maybe they knew it was, in, was, was, was within them. They didn't quite know how to get to it or un unlock it. That's what I love to do. So uh, it's, it's been a lifelong thing. You were on the Joe Fairless Best Ever Podcast way back on April 20th, 2019. And the title of this podcast was never holding any investments. Tell me a little bit about your strategy and being a never hold anything investor. What does that mean to you? So I'm a developer. So what I do is I maximize value and exit, right? So whether it's a company or whether it's a, a real estate investment, you know, my goal is to maximize the value and exit at the right time at the top, you know, and then continue to compound the cash. So when it comes to development uh, and even in the value add play, the three, five year, 10 year value add play, you know, the, the value is in the exit, right? It's not along the way. Um, so for me, it's about compounding cash and it's about velocity of cash flow. So in development, you can double your money in a very short period of time doing development deals, double, triple, and sometimes even more. It's very difficult to do that with a typical value add. Now we have seen some of that over the last 10 years, but you're not going to see that moving forward. It just, it's just going to be very difficult to get those kind of yields and returns in, in the typical value add or core plus still a good business model, still a good strategy, but that's kind of why. So that's number one. I like to build things up and exit. Um, I don't like to hold long-term or run long-term because, you know, look at what's going on right now. You know, this is June of 2020, you know, all kinds of things are happening and, you know, cash is in the bank and in other, you know, uh, vehicles like that, that's very liquid, you know, it ain't going anywhere. You know, nobody's tearing it down. Nobody's, you know, I don't have to collect. I don't have to evict, you know, cash is a great little tenant to have. So I like to be a landlord of cash. I like to collect cash and you, you want to be sitting on cash in times like this when there's going to be opportunities. And I don't mean, you know, just crisis that's going on in terms of, you know, economic unrest. I'm just talking about when opportunities come, when the economy is going through cycles, you want to be in a position to be able to take advantage of opportunities when they come. Not take advantage of people, but just be in a position to purchase assets that are distressed, you know, that are uh, available for, for purchase. I want you to go back into your Rolodex of past deals and 
Tell me about a deal that you unlocked significant value that you may have not seen when the deal was brought to your attention. Maybe you found even more value through the, you know, the due diligence process, but give us a little bit more information about a deal that you were able to unlock significant value. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, pretty much all of them are predictable, you know, so there's very few that there's been any surprises that, Oh, wow. I didn't know that was there. Um, I haven't really had that experience, but what, what I did have was like one of my earlier deals um, was kind of neat because it was a shift and a pivot where it created a big payday with very little money out of my pocket. So there was a oceanfront property um, that had a hotel on it that had been damaged by a hurricane. And this individual had come to me after the hurricane and says, hey, I want to redevelop this hotel, turn it into condos and sell them off. Well, you know, it was in an ocean impact area. And with the rules and regulations, you couldn't do that, right? So I told him, I said, you can't do it. It's against the regulations. You're not going to be able to do it. Best thing to do is tear it down, build houses, we'll sell the houses, make a couple million dollars and move on. You know, so it had an oceanfront parcel and had a piece across the street. And that was kind of my specialty. And I was very good at maximizing those opportunities. So, um, and that's kind of one of my giftings. That's why I really don't get too many surprises because I'm very good at maximizing the opportunity before I go in and knowing what the maximum value is going to be. Now, market appreciation is another thing that can happen. But anyway, so midway through this deal, um, you know, so the guy goes away, then he comes back two years later. He says, you're right. We couldn't do the deal. I'm ready to do the deal with you now. So um, just walked in my door out of the blue. I hadn't talked to the guy in two years and the deal falls back in my lap. I said, all right, let's go. So we put a contract together. He owned the land. He was going to throw in the land. I was going to get the money to build and provide all that, build all the houses, sell them. And we pay him his basis in the land. We split all the profits. Probably would have made, I don't know, a couple million bucks a piece or whatever back then. I don't even remember. Um, so we get into this deal and I'm getting ready to line everything up and I'm talking to my lender, right? And the market's getting a little funny. This was probably um, 2008 time frame somewhere in that time frame right before 2009 and my lender's like you know things are getting a little weird right now he said why don't you just sell the oceanfront parcels clear out your debt you, you guys each put you know four or five hundred grand in your pocket then develop a parcel across the street you'll own it free and clear and then you know you just do condos or do whatever across the street and i'm like you know what those gonna do townhouses there I'm like man that's a great idea so i went back to my partner i said look let's revise the deal I wasn't even thinking in this way um, I've got somebody that might buy this property from us, you know, and, and, you know, we'll clear your debt out. So, you know, the land's free and clear across the street. We can build these, you know, townhouses and we'll keep moving forward. And we'll each put, you know, I don't know. I think on that, that split, he might've got a million out of it. And I got four or 500,000. I can't remember, but, um, and that was like a 30, 40 day process. And all I had out of pocket was about $30,000 to tear the building down. That was it. So I made, you know, three, 400, three, 400 grand, somewhere around there in about 30 to 45 days with only $30,000 out of my pocket. And uh, then we ended up with the land across the street free and clear to develop that. So that was pretty cool. I mean, that was my first biggest deal that just ever happened like that. And that's like, again, light bulb moment, you know? And the time of that deal from beginning to end was how long? The first part, you know, it's probably, you know, the first phase of it was probably a 90 day process. And then, you know, another year after that, you know, to finish it out. But yeah, the first initial, probably about 90 days from the time he walked in my office until that whole thing ran full circle. Uh, and now, like I said, that was 2008. I've still got the HUD statement from that flip. So I've got all my HUD statements for all the properties I've ever sold. Yeah. We're going to close out this episode with the hard hitting questions. These are the questions that we ask every guest of ours. First question is, what is your why? My why is to just impact, you know, I just love helping people. I love impacting people. Um, I love just watching people grow and just, you know, realize their God-given talent and full potential on this earth. 
besides your alarm clock, what gets you out of bed every morning? You know, uh, I, I'm just kind of one of those guys. You know, I'm wired that way. You know, I'm excited about everything because everything, every day is different for me. I'm working with people all over the country, all kinds of different deals, all kinds of different businesses, different opportunities. You know, so it, it, you know, adult ADD, right? If you look at my career, you could call it adult ADD. So I just, I just love making an impact, helping people. I love building people, building businesses, building buildings. You know, it's just what I love to do. What's a recent book you've read? that has impacted your life significantly? Man, there's so many. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the neatest ones was a book called Positivity by Harry Edelson. So Harry Edelson is one of the most quoted guys on Wall Street. He's had 13 um, unicorns. So for people that don't know what that is, that's a billion dollar exit or valuation on a startup. He's a VC guy, he's in his 80s. And uh, his book, Positivity, it's all about how to be happy no matter what throughout your life. You know, and we have a lot of the same philosophies in terms of having zero backlog in your life, taking care of everything now, never getting behind the eight ball. And it starts with getting up, making your bed, you know, and just doing what you need to do and just taking care of business. So I don't have these ice bath rituals or special coffee or anything. And I'm just motivated, fired up. I've had a fire in my belly since I've been a little kid. You know, I'm self-motivated and I just, you know, I just love doing deals and taking action and making things happen. How do you like to pay it forward? You know, by helping people, you know, that's one way. Helping people um, achieve their full potential, um, you know, putting what I'm doing now, putting content out there, everything that I've learned over the past 30 years in my working career, more particularly the past 23, 24 as an entrepreneur. So I was in the corporate world from the Navy. After that, I had a corporate job with restaurants and things before I stepped out into full-time entrepreneurship in 1997, and I've never looked back. There's a lot of lessons there, a lot of wins, a lot of losses, a lot of everything. So just putting that out there to help other people, um, you know, hopefully avoid some of the mistakes and the pain that, that I've gone through. And you can see, you know, <laughs> it shows, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been a journey. So, you know, that, that's what I love to do. Go back to your 21-year-old postgraduate self. What would you tell him? You know, go big uh, right away. You know, so um, the area that I was in, I was just kind of limited in my geography and in my uh, types of properties that I, that I was doing. We didn't have big multifamily properties where I was at, where I was doing things. So uh, I would have gone bigger sooner with that type of stuff if I wouldn't have, if I would have known about it. How can our listeners get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about you? So gregdickerson.com, all of my contact info is on there. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got all the social media channels. So if you look up Greg Dickerson on any of them, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, you know, I put content out every single day, new stuff. I answer questions that people have things like that. So, um, so I've got tons of free stuff out there. And then, you know, of course, I've got the other, you know, paid programs as well, but gregdickerson.com. Greg Dickerson, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for your time and adding your value today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and a review, which will help us introduce the podcast to other listeners. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel which will give you access to other episodes you may have missed. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next week.